Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I'm your host, Kevin. This is a show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things, except for today. Uh, we're not sitting down with anyone. Today is day three uh, of the week of awesome. Um, I was going, I'm actually recording it on the day that it drops. Uh, I was supposed to record it last night, but I just, I ran out of time, got a little sleepy. Um, things would be a little different in this one. Uh, all the other uh, shows for the week of awesome are the ones that I've recorded in the past and forgot to post, not forgot to post, I just didn't post them. Uh, and I'm about to get to that reason now. But first things first, make sure you check us out on facebook.com slash tentertainment. You can find us on Twitter at Real Awesome Pod. You can find me on Twitter at That Nerdy Kev. Give us a call at 267 223 4965 and leave some voicemails. Um, we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash awesome podcast. Uh, you can, I need to, I'm going to revamp it, but. Uh, for goals and 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 rewards and stuff, um, but you can check us out on Patreon. We have one of those as well. Um, so today is December twentieth, twenty sixteen, um, and uh, you know I, I was figuring out what I wanted to do for today's episode because when I decided I was going to do the week of awesome, um, it's the week leading up to Christmas. Uh, I'm going to end up doing it every year, I think, and and next year's will be a lot different. It won't just be random. I'll probably have a theme of some sort to it, but um, for today, December 20th, um, one of the things I'm going to do is explain the absence of pretty much all of November and half of December, um, and uh, and then talk, uh, you know, a little bit about something else. So... Um, as you guys know, if you go back to episode 37 of this fine podcast where I sit down and talk about Kevin Smith for, you know, about a half hour, 45 minutes or so, um, I started off with talking about my uncle, um, and, uh, getting into, you know, his battle with cancer and, 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 and whatnot and, uh, and how he influenced me to be the person I am today, how, you know, before, you know, things came to light. I kind of like was like, yeah, I'm a lot like Kevin Smith. I'm the I'm the less fat Kevin Smith and and whatnot. But really, like, you know, I I I wouldn't know Kevin Smith without my uncle. I I wouldn't know you know Leisure Suit Larry without my uncle. You know, I'd probably know Star Wars without my uncle. But I I would that would be a completely different experience. I think. So all these little things um, is what I talked about in episode 37 there um, before talking about Kevin Smith. And uh, any of you that, that follow me uh, and, 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 or know me personally or whatever, uh, you know um, that back in November, um, November 6th, we, uh, we lost my uncle to, to his battle of cancer. Um, and that's why, uh, we took the month off. Um, I wasn't able to, to write really, uh, I wasn't able to sit down and edit these podcasts, um, because I, he was more than just an uncle to me. He, he was always, I, I'm an only child. And, uh, so like he was, and he's only 16, he was only 16 years older than me. So... 
he always felt like more of a bigger brother than, than an actual uncle, I guess. Um, cause he also had that quality to like look out for me. Um, make sure that, you know, Hey, don't be an idiot. Don't drop out of school. I didn't listen, but, um, you know, I dropped out of college. Uh, he told me not to, he's always wanted me to go to college. Um, anyway, um, so, uh, that's, that's why we haven't done any episodes lately, uh, or I, because I just, I just, every time I go to do something, I can't focus long enough, I guess it is what it is. Um, but it's been over a month now and, um, I, I do, I just, I miss it. I, I want to get back into it. Um, I've been trying to get back into writing in the month of December. I said, all right, I miss November, December, I'm going to do it. And, and I, I still haven't been able to do it. And, um, I guess it's kind of appropriate that, that the week of awesome, you know, that this episode I'm doing now, um, because it is, it's also my uncle's birthday. Yeah. Uh, he would have been 48. Um, he would have been 48 years old, uh, today. Um, and, uh, it's also appropriate, I guess, uh, because I'm going to end up talking about Star Wars Rogue One. Um, and you, I've told the story a thousand times, a million times probably, but, uh, my first experience with Star Wars was with him. And, uh, so, <clears throat> so Star Wars means a lot to me. Um, so, uh, before I get to that, uh, I just want to, dedicate this episode to him, to my uncle, uh, to Alvin. And, um, I think the, the greatest thing, and I know it's, you know, we're literally a couple of days away from Christmas, so I'm not expecting you to do it now, but when you do have the spare coin, um, I, you know, what, what you could do for me, what you could do for everything is awesome. What you could do for my uncle is, you know, donate to, cancer to cancer research. There's a ton of them out there. Um, the one that I gravitate to is just because it reminds me of my uncle and it's, it's fuck cancer. Um, we have, we're actually an ambassador to them. Uh, you can go to fcancer.awesomepodcast.com. Um, and that will take you to our, uh, fuck cancer brand ambassador page. Um, and you can donate that way. I don't even see the money. It goes directly to the, 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 the nonprofit. Um, and there, there's just, it was when, when I found out my uncle had cancer, um, I had known about the, the fuck cancer people because Stephen Amell from Arrow was, was talking about it and promoting it. And, um, and so that's the first thing that came to my mind. Um, if for some reason, uh, you, that, that's not something you want to donate to for whatever reason, um, Headstrong, uh, is kind of a local one in the Philly area. They work a lot with, um, the University of Pennsylvania where my uncle was, uh, and I'm going to be looking into trying to do more with them as well. But, um, so I don't have anything official with them, but if you just go to Headstrong, uh, just Google it. I think it's headstrong.org, but if you go there, you can donate to them as well. Um, after the holidays, you know, take care of your own first, take care of your family and, and, and Christmas and whatnot. But once you have some spare cash, if you can spend, uh, you know, donate a few bucks to, to either of those charities, 
um, that would be wonderful. Uh, it would mean a lot to me, my family. I know it would mean a lot to my uncle. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I thank you, I guess, for, for you know, realizing, you know, those of you, because I've tweeted about it, of course, so, so most of you probably already know, but um, thanks for those that don't follow me on Twitter or follow the show on Twitter. Uh, thanks for coming back to the shows uh, as I've been posting them. Uh, we're going to be back to our normal schedule next week after the week of awesome here, uh, back to a weekly show. Um, and like I said, this one's for you, Uncle Alvin. Um, love you. I miss you. Happy birthday. So I, I do want to talk about, um, Star Wars. I think it's an appropriate thing to talk about. Uh, Rogue One just came out. Uh, and like I said, you know, the, the, the world of Star Wars, the world of Star Wars actually means a lot to me. Something I, I realized a lot this year is how much this, that that franchise and that world means to me, that galaxy, if you will. And um, and so so I got to see uh, Rogue One the other day, and it's you know, it, free from the get go. You know, I I thought about my uncle because it's. I remember sitting down and watching that movie and, and hearing the, the music kick on and that opening crawl. And that's what this, ep- this episode, this is what this movie is. It's that, it's that opening crawl. If you really just kind of sit back and look at it, that opening crawl, they made into a two hour and 14 minute movie, I believe. Um, and I mean, I don't think there were many expectations for this movie except to be better than the prequels. At least they were my expectations for Rogue One. Um, it's not epi- it's not an episodic movie. It's not part of the saga films, as they're calling it. Um, it's a Star Wars story. It's its own um, self-contained story. Uh, the saga films tend to be about the Skywalkers, for the most part, whereas Rogue One doesn't focus on them at all. The Skywalker family plays a very, very, very small role in Rogue One. Uh, and by the way, spoilers, 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 spoilers. Thank you for listening as long as you have. And, you know, for the last 10 minutes, just so, um, and I implore you to, to, if you have not seen Rogue One yet to pause, go watch that movie, you know, try to take a day off, take a sick day or something and go watch it for 10 bucks for eight bucks, whatever the matinee price is. And then come back and listen to the rest of this. Cause I'm going to spoil the fuck out of this movie. Um, anyway, so that was your warning. Um, you know, we knew what was going to happen in Rogue One. Like Rogue One tells the story of, the the rebel alliance stealing uh, the the plans of the Death Star and and getting them to Princess Leia and uh, it's not it's not buried that that lead's not buried at all I mean that's what the movie is uh, but they do such uh, hey I loved this movie I thought it was great I thought it was a, a it proves that you can tell a Star Wars movie, a movie in that universe that does not involve Luke or Leia or Anakin or any one of those Skywalker kids or Han Solo or Chewbacca. You can you can tell a story with brand new characters that you that you care about. You know, maybe don't you maybe you don't care about them as much as you care about Luke and Leia. 
but maybe, you know, my kids, maybe they will in 20 to 30 years. They may care about those characters as much as I care about Chewie, as much as I care about Han Solo and Luke and Leia and, and whatnot. Um, but you do really, like, you just fall in love with these characters. And I'll tell you right now, K2, K2SO, that droid... He's hands down my favorite droid of all time. He was He's probably one of my favorite Star Wars characters of all time. Um, he was just a... Uh, it, the, the droid was just so... Such a fun addition to this universe. And it wasn't just because he was funny. He was just a great droid. And, a, and no, more than that, a great character. Like, just seeing him be more... It's probably the most human droid I think I've seen in Star Wars, and maybe I, I'm just, I'm blind, I have the blinders on to everything else, but like, let's, let's take the popular droids out there, hands down, the two most popular droids before K2 was um, C-3PO and R2-D2, now you got BB-8 as well, but again, not him and R2 aren't very human, C-3PO was the most human out of those three, but even him, he's more, he's like very scientific, very on the line, very on the nose, K-2 almost felt like he had emotions and stuff, he felt human, that's all I could say, and and hands down, probably my favorite character from this movie, um, and, and definitely my favorite droid, I think, out of everything, and I've only seen um, the, the main, all the movies, I've seen all the movies, I haven't seen the cartoons, really, um, and I haven't read any of the in-canon books yet, but, um, I, I, so based off that, K2 is my favorite droid, I, I love him. Um, Rogue One kicks off uh, not like every other Star Wars movie, because there is no crawl, and I'm okay with that. Like, it's, it doesn't take place with those Walker, Skywalker kids, you know? Um, it opens up, uh, on what looks to be a moisture farm with, um, <clears throat> Galen Erso, uh, the, Jin's father, um, and it's just, uh, practical. First of all, I love everything is practical in this movie. There's nothing that is... Uh, there's not, well, there is obviously some CGI, which we'll get to later, uh, but there isn't too much of it. Like, it's all, you know, very much what we love about Star Wars. It was, it felt like a Star Wars film while not being a Star Wars film necessarily. It was, it, I was kind of going into to it thinking it was going to be like a heist film, but Star Wars, but it wasn't. It was a, it was a war film, really. Like, it was... And I'm stealing this from Kevin Smith on his recent episode of Fat Man on Batman, but out of all the Star Wars movies we've had, this one probably had the most wars in the stars. Like, it was it was an actual war film, it felt like. It kind of felt like uh, Pearl Harbor uh, with Ben Affleck, but, but Star Wars, you know? Um, and... It just and it opens up on this on a moisture farm or appears to be a moisture farm, um, and uh, director Krennic shows up. He's a, a friend of Galen's. Uh, he has some uh, what, what are they death troopers, uh, Imper death storm troopers with him or whatever, and he um, he well, he want he needs Galen to come back 
uh, to finish the Death Star project. Uh, it's a space station. Yeah, we all know what the Death Star is. Um, and he, you know, he says that his wife and, and his kids, his wife and kid are dead, but uh, they find the they find the wife. She just walks up. They don't find nothing. She walks right up. Um, she gets herself killed, and Jin uh, escapes and is uh, taken into uh, safety by Saul. I'm going to mess up this last name, Saul Guerra, Saul Guerra. Um, now I went into this film not knowing who he was and I've done a little bit of research and it turns out he's been part of the Clone Wars, uh, animated series. He's going to be on an episode of, uh, Star Wars Rebels and coming up in January. So he, this is a guy, this is a character who's like embedded in the Star Wars story, um, and, and backstory big time. And I think that's cool. I think that's really cool that they are in cuz not everyone that watches these movies watches those watches the cartoons. I don't, not at all. Not everyone that that watches the cartoons may watch the movies. Probably, but maybe not. Not everyone that reads the books are watching the movies or watching the cartoons. Again, probably, but maybe not. Um, and, and so it's really cool that the movie, uh, is ballsy enough. Um, and I don't know if that's Lucasfilm, Kathleen Kennedy, um, uh, was Gareth Edwards, uh, if it's them or if it's Disney or, or who it is because Disney owns Star Wars now and they do that in Marvel there, you know, Marvel is credited as like the, let's make a universe out of our movies. But really, I mean, before them. Uh, it was, I mean, and I'm sure someone else will say, well, no, this made a universe too, but like Star Wars is one of the first like cinematic universes because you had three films, uh, a trilogy of films really before that was a common practice, not, you know, in the eighties and nineties, that really wasn't common, uh, in the, in the 2000s and the 20 teens and whatnot, that's become a bigger thing. Um, and, and and definitely almost a standard now. Now and we're moving towards where the cinematic universe is becoming a standard. Uh, but the you know Star Wars kind of did it first almost, and um, so it's cool that they are like you're bringing in characters. They there was a lot of cool shoutouts to Star Wars Rebels from what I read, um, and I think as if you're a Rebels fan, I think that's really cool if you could spot the you know Ghost or uh, a Chopper or things like that. Uh, that's really cool for, for fans. A lot of fan service. It's something JJ did with Force Awakens. Um, some people may say he did it a little too much, but I enjoyed the hell out of that movie. Uh, and I, and, and I, and I enjoyed this one. I mean, this one I think is, is definitely a top, uh, top five of the Star Wars movies out of the eight we have. And I think you can all guess where the, what the last three are. Um, and that's not to say that this is the worst of the, of, of the main, you know, movies or, uh, the new ones. It is, um, I've heard people call it empire. Good. I, I don't know if it's empire. Good. Um, but it is up there. I mean, it's, I, it's probably better than Jedi. I, I would probably put it in the top four, to be honest. Um, I think it goes Empire, Star Wars, Force Awakens, and, and Rogue One. Um, it, it's, it's really, a really enjoyable flick. Um, and we don't get to see the 15 years, um, with, with Jin, uh, that she spent part of with Saul, uh, basically once we see Saul, um, 
who is a rebel extremist. I think at this point he is working with the Rebel Alliance. Uh, but 15 years later, he's not. He is so extreme that even the Rebel Alliance doesn't really want to work with him. So he's kind of like this third wheel um, that is attacking the the Empire. Uh, and 15 years later, we get... Um, uh, we see Jin, uh, who is being held captive by the Empire, uh, and uh, she is freed by some rebels who want to use her to track down her father, because he sent a holographic message uh, to a Imperial pilot who defected, uh, Bodhi. He becomes one of our uh, Rogue One people. Uh, and, you know, I, I would say... I, out of the, all the Rogue One, the Rogue One crew, I would say he's probably the the, the one I, I I liked the least. But he was still like he had his moments. He really did have his moments. Um, and um, but yeah, so so she's taken to uh, Yavin Four. Yeah. So J J once Jin is freed, she is taken to Yavin Four, and that's where they explain to everything to her, and then um, and they go to uh, Jeddah, which. Um, is where the Empire is mining kyber crystals, which, let me tell you something. Now, I think most Star Wars fans know what that is. Um, I don't think it's ever been mentioned before in a Star Wars movie, except for maybe one of those prequel flicks, but, um, again, never, <laughs> I don't really remember much from those. Um, maybe in the cartoons and stuff, but, I, again, I don't watch them. The, the first time I ever heard the term kyber crystal was, uh, the campaign podcast, uh, on the One Shot Podcast Network, and um, that is because they have a there's a a band named the Kyber Crystals, uh, and um, but it's used to power the Jedi's weapon. It's used to power the Death Star. Jeddah is uh, where um, there I think it was the last of the Jedi temples were there. Uh, the Jeddah Holy City is there. Uh, it's the last like it's the it's the last kind of spot that that has any kind of Jedi, um, at least known Jedi, you know, presence. Not presence, because there's no Jedi there, but, like, um, you know, you guys know what I mean. Uh, and we get to see, uh, the, the blind warrior here, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna screw up his main name, Chiret Imu, maybe? Imwi? Imwi? Uh, and, uh, his friend, the mercenary, Baze Malbus. Um, these two characters loved them. Loved them so much. Um, I, I don't know, you know, who to, I don't think we can really equate them to anyone else. Maybe kind of like a Han Solo, uh, and Chewie type of, uh, pairing. But you also get that with, um, with Cassin and K2. Uh, so... Uh, and then you get Jin as your again. I don't know if I would necessarily call her uh, your your Luke, but I mean, I guess that's the closest we have is to say that she's like our Luke Skywalker. But we get to meet Imwe and um, Malbus, uh, and I really liked the Blind Warrior. He had a really great scene uh, at at the uh, end of like the their little meeting with uh, with Cassin uh, and and. Um, and Jin, where they go to bag uh, Guerra's uh, crew, bags everyone's heads to take them to his hideout. And as they bag Imu's, uh, Imwe's, Imwe's head, um, he says, "Come on, I'm blind." Like it was just one of those like one of those little funny lines. I loved it. I feel like 
um, the Star Wars of New has it's 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 written. I, it's just written like today's world. I don't know. It's just has those little little like Force Awakens in this. Add a few more jokes than I think the original Star Wars did, uh, which is fine. I love it. I liked it. I enjoy it. Um, and we get on this um, in this scene where you know they they are taken to Saul's place. Uh, we eventually get to see the hologram that Galen sent. And uh, it's heartbreaking. It, it is because he doesn't know if his daughter's alive or not. He assumes dead because she she was never found by uh, Krennic or the the rest of the Empire. And um, but he's telling Saul, you know, if if she is alive, get this message to her. Um, and and the, the the real Cliff Note version of that hologram message is is to plug up the plot hole in Star Wars where there was a way to easily destroy that, that huge, huge space station called the Death Star, um, is that he, Galen is the reason for that. He, he figures that they were going to get someone to do this anyway. If I do it, I can build in this failsafe where it can easily be destroyed. And, and he tells Saul this and he tells Saul, please tell my baby girl that, I did this all for her. I did this so that she would have a chance to survive, to live, and whatnot. Um, and it's really heartbreaking that when you see her, see her father, um, he, he is very, very, uh, or she is very, she is very emotional, very sad. Uh, and they have to go to uh, the <laughs> high security data bank in Scarif to retrieve the plans to the Death Star. Which, um, you know, they, uh, they go back to Yavin 4 to, uh, well, before we get there, before we get there, while this is all going on, uh, Tarkin, Tarkin's back, he's, uh, remember him from Star Wars, he gets more screen time, I feel, in Rogue One than he does in Star Wars, uh, and Peter Cushing, who plays, uh, Tarkin, for those that don't know, I mean, if here's the, the so here's where we get to our first bit of CGI, or at least the first noticeable part of CGI. Um, I guess if you look at nothing else but Tarkin, it's not that bad to be honest. It looks it looks just as good as Polar Express or Final Fantasy um, or Beowulf. It, it doesn't he he does not look like a video game necessarily until you have him standing next to people. Um, it was very, um, I don't know, maybe it's cause I saw it in 3d, but as, as soon as he came on screen, I was like, Whoa, that's not, he's not real, but is it a bad thing? No. Uh, it, I think it was, it was nice to have him and have his character involved in the story. Uh, so if that's how he has to look, you know, it's a step in the right direction. I think what blows my mind is that Disney did the Jungle Book and that looked like the animals were real. Um, they did, uh, you know, obviously um, Civil War and we see a young Tony Stark in Civil War, a teenager Tony Stark. And it looked like him for real, like, it did not look like CGI, yet Star Wars, which is also owned by Disney, is not 
It, it just, it, there was something off about it. And I'm going to bring it up again when we get to the end of the flick. Uh, and again, spoilers, if you, if you're still listening, spoilers all over the place. Um, but Tarkin meets with Krennic on the Death Star and he doesn't think that the project is, um, going to work. So they're going to demonstrate it and Krennic right away wants to blow up Jeddah. Uh, but Tarkin says, well, well, we're just doing a test. Let's not make a statement yet. Uh, so they use like a low powered shot to destroy the holy city, uh, on Jeddah and, uh, the crew, the Rogue One crew, just has enough time to get out, uh, and, uh, the, uh, Saul stays, um, his character, Forrest Whitaker's character here has very little screen time, but he stays and, uh, ends up, you know, dying on, on, on Jetta. um, and, and that's when they go back to Yavin 4, and they talk about having to go to Scarif, uh, but no one's sure if they believe, uh, you know, Jin and, and whatnot. And, uh, you know, there's like, there's talk about, you know, surrendering, uh, because they're not sure if they can, if they can fight the empire when they have this weapon that can destroy planets and destroy a city. What is to say that it can't actually destroy a planet? Um, and I mean, we, as the viewer know that it can spoilers from star Wars, Alderaan dies, but, um, you know, they they just assume that well, if it can destroy a city, it can it can destroy that. Um, so uh, they end up tracking um, Galen to a uh, research facility, uh, and Cassin this whole time has been charged with uh, uh, executing uh, Galen, and and he doesn't go through with it, um, but. A, uh, the, the rebels end up bombing the, uh, research facility. Galen dies in Jin's arms. It's heartbreaking. Um, and, uh, it's just, uh, you know, they, they go on to the next, um, I, next plan of stealing the plans. Um, I maybe, th- I mean, think I'm going a little out of order, but that's fine. Um, and, and during this time, at some point, we actually, we get to see Darth Vader again. Uh, the first time we see him, he's in a Bacta tank. And, uh, and then we get to see him in his full garb because he's there to meet with, uh, Krennic. And the, um, you know, he does the force choking to Krennic. It's on the lava planet from Revenge of the Sith where where he gets basically cut up and whatnot and, and becomes fully becomes Darth Vader from uh from Anakin Skywalker. Uh and he is telling he tells Krennic basically like don't choke on your aspirations. Don't be a little like don't be he's basically actually kind of saying something that a good guy would say like don't uh you know don't think about yourself think about the cause you know um and then we get the uh the, the this eventually we get to the point where you know the rebel alliance is talking about surrendering and Jin wants to wants to fight and Cassin comes uh, shows up with a bunch of people we'll say 20 to 30 rebels who who and this is like another great like gut punch uh of emotion where uh Cassin says like I you know everything I've done since I was six years old has been you know for this cause 
without, if, if we give up, then what have I become? Why have I done all this? Like, I'm going to die fighting. And he believes Jin. He believes that he saw the, she saw the hologram. So Cassin, K2, Jin, 20 or so of these rebels, uh, Inui and Malbus, all, um, and, uh, Bodhi, our, 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 our friend Bodhi, they are on, um, a, uh, they steal the Imperial shuttle, uh, to go raid the data bank. They get into the planet of Scarif, um, and, uh, I believe actually when they, oh, here's where Rogue One comes into it. I love this too. When they're, um, pulling away from, uh, Yavin 4, like, they're asked for some clearance codes, and he go, he says Rogue One, instead of, like, you know, Red 5, Red Leader, whatever, it's Rogue One, and there's no Rogue One, and, uh, just a cool little thing to how they got their name, uh, they go off, they get to Scarif, they're able to get in, because they're in an Imperial shuttle, uh, they're able to talk their way in, basically, and, then we get Jin and Cassin and K2 to go undercover. K2, as you remember, is an Imperial soldier or Imperial uh, droid. So he's just reprogrammed to be rebel. Uh, and um, they get in. There's This is where like it gets it's, it kind of gets sad. Like they find out where they have to go to um, to to get the the plans. Um, he finally, K2 finally gets his blaster from Jin. It's like this moment of like respect between the two of them. Um, and, and suddenly the power gets cut. Uh, they can't use the, the claw to pull the data out. So Jin and Cassin hop in to go climb up. Eventually, uh, K2 gets overrun with, um, Stormtroopers, but bef but he does say to Cassin and Jen how he, they need to transmit. They need to get the signal out over the shields, uh, and and then K two, poor K two, he he locks you know his friends up so that they can't get uh, attacked right away. Uh, he buys them some time and he gets destroyed, uh, and it's it's heartbreaking. It really is. Like it's it is really. Um, like I, I felt like I was sad to see K2 die. Cause like he, I don't know, there was just something about, I don't know if it was, I don't know what it was. I, was it Alan Turdick? Uh, Turdick? No, Tudick. Was it Alan Tudick or was it K2? Was it the, the character, the performer? I don't, combination of all those things. I fell in love with that character more than anyone else in this flick. And, um, it was very, I was very disappointed to see him go. Uh, and, and I, I did not, um, but it makes, yeah, it, it makes sense in hindsight, especially with how everything else falls into place. It all makes sense in hindsight, but I'm very shocked that that's the way they went because that's not a typical Hollywood move. Um, eventually Cassin, uh, and well, Jen gets the plans, uh, Cassin falls a little bit. I think he gets shot by, um, by, uh, by Krennic, and, uh, he doesn't fall all the way off the databank, he falls, like, onto a, basically, like, a, a platform, but Jin is able to escape and get the, get the plans, escape to the, um, the high-rise, uh, but, of course, uh, the, Krennic confronts them, 
uh, and uh, declaring the Emperor's victory. But Kasten comes back to save the day, shoots him, and Jin can transmit the Death Star plans to the Rebel Command ship. Meanwhile, on the beach, there's a battle going on between all the Rebels. At this point, there's also been the um, the Rebel Alliance note, like they find out that there is a team of Rebels attacking Scarif and that they're kind of doing some damage. So they come in through hyperspace and, and come in to, to help back them up. Um, and while this is all going on, um, the there is uh, basically no way for uh, Rook or Imwi or Malbus to live. They are also killed in battle. Uh, Rook is killed uh, after enabling communications to uh, the rest of the Rebel Alliance. Um, he gets killed with a grenade in the sh in the Rogue One ship. Uh, Imwi and Malbus die in battle. Uh, and, you know, it's very, it's very heart, you know, it's, it's a heartwarming moment, or not a heartwarming, it's a heart-wrenching moment when Malbus, like, sees his friend die, he's, he's just enraged, and, and he eventually is killed as well, um, he does, but he takes out all the, the, all the, all the troopers, he takes them all out, um, and it's, it's the one that has a grenade that, you know, it, it, it goes off after he takes them off, and, and it seems like he's okay with that, um, and then, uh, finally before, before we, we, uh, officially get, uh, to the end, we see that the Death Star, uh, destroys the compromised base on Scarif. Um, they're not destroying the planet, just the base there. Similar to what they did on Jetta, and they just do a low power bolt, destroy that base, which takes which kills Jin and Cassin get to the beach basically and we see that they they are embracing as they as they are presumably killed there's no way to survive that you see everything happening um and then we get this badass scene with Darth Vader uh, coming in and just real energetic. Um, the the rumors I've been I've been reading is that he had all that energy because he was in that back to bath and he was able to use all that energy up before we see him in Episode Four, A New Hope, uh, when he's real slow and sluggish. He used all his energy killing all the rebels there where he where he killed them. He does not get the. Um, the plans, they are passed off in time, uh, and they are handed to Princess Leia, who escapes with the plans, and she declares that the plans will provide the hope for the rebellion. And hope was a very big theme in this movie, and I guess hope is kind of a theme in all the Star Wars movies, but I feel like it was, I mean, it was really hammered home in this episode, not this episode, this this movie. Um, and um, and the young Carrie Fisher, like I said, I, I, something was off about it. Their, their CGI team, I assume was the same CGI team, or at least company that Marvel used. I, I assume they used, you know, uh, ILM, I believe it is. But um, it just did not look as good as a young uh, Tony Stark. Um, but I'll tell you what, you know, I, that's... And literally, I mean, it's it's like, like we, this movie ends 
an hour before, like before we episode four picks up. Like it is, I I enjoyed it a lot. It was a really good movie. Um, it was two hours and thirteen minutes to, uh, version of that opening crawl uh, uh, for the most part, and and that's fine. Like I love more of that. Let's. I love that they proved that they can do things without these main characters. Now the next the next non saga film we're getting is going to be about a main character. It's going to be a young Han Solo flick and uh, I'm excited for that too I think that's obviously that makes sense because we don't know much about Han's past um, but you know what I I that's a, to me he's a Skywalker you know at the end of the day he's a Skywalker he's married into that family he has kids within that family um, and you know it, it's kind of a safe bet I think to make that movie Um Whereas Rogue One was a real kind of toss-up, and I think they succeeded. Like I said, it's it's not it's it's not the greatest movie, the greatest Star Wars movie, but it's a really nice. Mike, the co-founder of That's Entertainment and Crew uh, Humor Studios, he said it best. It's a nice slice of life. It's a nice slice of this Star Wars world that we that we had. It's, it's it was a fun watch. It was it was good. It was a fine story. I I, I agree that it's probably uh, definitely a top five movie. I agree that's probably even better than Jedi. I, I it's it's not as good as Empire or Star Wars, and and I don't even think it's good as as Force awakens um but it's it ranks up there i really enjoyed it and and i i think the 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 my the saddest thing is that we're not going to see the rogue one crew ever again um because you're not like you know you could go backwards in time and tell a story about them but they're not going to be together um so you can only really do a gin movie or or you, you, you know i would like to see something where and this would be phenomenal. Do a Netflix miniseries on the fall of Jetta. I'm taking Mark uh, Mark Bedard had said this on Fat Man on Batman. Do a, a ten episode miniseries on the fall of Jetta. And you know what? I feel like you could probably incorporate uh, Imwe and Malbus in that because they're they're there on Jetta. So you might be able to incorporate them on that. Um, I think there's. I would love to see them incorporate these characters in other parts of their universe because they have Star Wars Rebels that take place. Uh, you know, I think they're about three years behind Rogue One now, and they they are. We're gonna see Saul in Rebels, so I'd like to see how they how they do it, how they incorporate these other characters into the mythos. Um, and maybe they won't. Maybe we'll never see these characters again. And if not, that's a shame. But it makes sense. I know we are never going to see them in a future movie. And you know, because they they are dead. They are all dead. Bleak, bleak movie. Um, it is. It is Empire style bleak. You know, it, it, that's that's how I compare it to Empire. Is that it's very similar in tone, but so good. I would love to see Star Wars do more like genre films in that universe. Like, let's do a buddy cop film. Uh, maybe that's not one that they would do. But, you know, like, we did the, the we did the, the war movie. Let's do a heist film. Let's do a horror film. You know, um, I, I love to see it all. Let's just see it all. You know, I, one Star Wars a year is great. I think that's something they should do. Don't up it like, the, like Marvel does. Marvel does three, I think, movies a year now, uh, which is great. I love it makes sense because there's a whole lot of different characters to play with. Star Wars has a similar, uh, you know, setup where they have multiple characters to play with, but I don't want them to get to more than one a year. I think 
one Star Wars a year is enough um, to, to be in that universe, to play in that universe. We get a saga film. We get a non-saga film. Who knows what's going to happen after Episode Nine? We've got a couple years to figure that out. Um, all right. Thanks to everyone who's been uh, sitting here listening to me babble on about Star Wars for the last you know half hour or so. Um, let me know if you enjoyed the movie. Hit me up on Twitter at that nerdy Kev, and I'll talk Star Wars with you all day. Um, and, uh, again, thank you to everyone who, who's stuck by and, and been waiting for new episodes and whatnot. Um, as, as much as it's awesome to be doing a week of awesome and this, the third day of awesome today is a really, really rough day for me. Um, you know, it's, you know, if, if somehow you missed the beginning of the episode, it's, it's my uncle's birthday. He passed in November. Um, and, um, it's, so it's been, it's going to be a rough week. It's, it's, you know, we had our first Thanksgiving with Adam. It's his first birthday with Adam and we're about to hit Christmas and, and, and be the first Christmas with Adam. Um, so like I said, if, if you have the means, um, and you know, I'm, I'm sure you don't now cause it's Christmas and that's fine. That's fine. You know, wait till after the holidays. Um, and if, you know, um, uh, F cancer dot awesome podcast.com. Uh, or, um, you know, headstrong.org probably, but just Google headstrong. There are a couple, there are a couple places that that I want to get more involved with that do, you know, uh, research for cancer and and whatnot. Um, they raise money for, for cancer to help families cope and whatnot. Uh, and you know, just, um, that, that's all I really can ask you to do when it comes to, you know, my, you know, my uncle's memory, I guess. Um, so thank you for listening. Thank you for dealing with, uh, crying Kev in the beginning of the episode. Um, it's the first time I cried today about my uncle. Uh, so I kind of needed to do it. Um, and, and whatnot. So thank you. Uh, make sure you check out everything is awesome on iTunes. Uh, leave a five star text review. Uh, you don't know how much that helps. Um, leaving five star reviews are great, but if you add some text to that and you make it a review and a rating, a five star rating with the text review, uh, iTunes math helps us climb the charts. Uh, and that just helps us get in front of more people. And the more people listening, the more cool things we can do. We're trying to set up an awesome live show for for um, our potiversary in in uh, our, our February first is our one year birthday, our, our potiversary. So we're trying to set up a live show at the end of January, and um, we can only do those cool things with uh, your help. And that involves rating and reviewing on iTunes or your platform of choice. Even if you don't use iTunes, it'd be great if you just left one there. Uh, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you, um, if you have, you know, I'm going back to the whole money thing. Uh, do the do the cancer research first. But if you have, again, even more, if you're just swimming in money, if you have more money than you know what to do with, if you uh, could go to patreon.com slash awesome podcast. Um, basically, if you can help us cover our bills, we can use the money that I currently use to cover our bills to do more things. Uh, offer prizes, um, maybe get better equipment maybe get better guests some guests it turns out you uh if you have some scratch you can get them on your show and whatnot but um things like that i just want to be able to do um more things and and patreon helps with that uh and, and the free for nothing, uh, just your time of leaving a five-star rating and text review helps a lot. Tell a friend that helps. All these things. There's a lot of free things you can do. You don't have to give me money, but if you can give me money, give me money.
you know, $1, $1 a month is 12 year, is 12 year dollars a year. I get like nine of that. I get nine of that. So if you, if, if you just did a dollar a month, if you skipped the dollar menu one day, if you skipped out on a coffee one day, you're paying for almost like, let's, I guarantee if you drink coffee, you're getting at least two coffees a week. You skip those, you skip one week of coffee. You've paid for six months of Patreon by doing a dollar a month. Um, and that, you know, your dollar a month helps me do a lot more. I want to expand this into a proper network. I want to do more shows. I want to do a tabletop podcast that's done properly where we have paid actors, uh, and, and comedy guys in the studio to play Dungeons and Dragons, basically. Uh, that's like my dream podcast at this point. Uh, aside from this, of course, everything is awesome. will always be the dream. I'm living the dream. Anyway, um, I've been babbling away. That's four minutes of stuff that you just want to go home. I get it. The week, the day of awesome is over. Uh, thanks for listening to everything is awesome. I'm your host, Kev. Uh, and we'll see you next time right here on awesomepodcast.com. We've been awesome.